on the bandwagon. We said, hey, like if you can't beat them, join them. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, I, have, I have really loved this series. We're, we're, this is the third installment. Um, but I have really enjoyed uh, the way Kaylin brilliantly, I believe, uh, started us off. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pat my own back. I loved, I loved my follow-up, too. I really did. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I'm so encouraged um, by the string of messages that have come out um, of this place in the last two weeks. I'm so excited to get further into the subject. And so will you, with me, uh, just pray uh, that the Lord would help us focus around his word today uh, as Kalen comes to minister. Father, we thank you uh, for this man and his um, contributions to this church. And Lord, uh, this is one of them, God. We, we thank you, Lord, for the wisdom and the mind that you've given him, Lord. And today, Lord, as we enter and to discuss details of your word, uh, Lord, we ask God that our hearts would be open, that our ears would be hearing that which the scripture is declaring. Do a work in us, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. All right. Uh, good afternoon. It's the afternoon now. So good afternoon, Hilltop. Um, we could probably just end with what Tara said, to be honest with you. Um, I, I have nothing of my own to contribute beyond that, but uh, perhaps uh, the Lord has a few things to say to us uh, before we depart and uh, work on the backpack drive and I think kickball. The gift of administration is definitely not mine, so I appreciate anybody who can bring the details together. So uh, we definitely are blessed by those who um, are guiding us along and all the things that the church is doing. But... Um, I stick to, I'm going to stick to teaching. That's my, that's my gift. <laughs> I'm going to stick to that for now. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about the outreach that we're doing and engaging with the community, it actually reminded me of an outreach that I did with some friends not too long ago. And uh, we were in an area of the city that is known for crime and um, homelessness and addiction and in some ways lawlessness. And as we were Spending time on this, this Saturday, um, and it, I remember having such high expectations for what God was going to do. And for about an hour and a half, none of those expectations were met. Uh, we spent about an hour and a half engaging and attempting to minister. And I just remember in my own heart, I was thinking, like, like nobody's receiving. And I remember there was, um, I was expecting maybe a miracle, maybe a sign, maybe a prophecy, maybe someone coming to salvation. And in large part, uh, it was pretty insignificant, nothing to write home about. And I remember this specifically because I, um, there, was a, there was an old lady who's trying to cross the street and she's going about this, like literally this low. And me and my friend, uh, we're ministering and we see her. So we, we help her across and it probably takes us a good 10 minutes to get her across the street. And uh, that, I kid you not, was the highlight of the entire outreach. <laughs> that was it. That was the highlight. And so as we, as we gather together as, as friends and we're, and we're debriefing what the Lord did in our midst that Saturday morning, uh, they asked Kaylin, so uh, you have any uh, testimony? I'm like, not really. Uh, we helped a lady cross the street. We, we saw a mother and a daughter yelling at each other. We, we saw um, a, a few people threaten us. <laughs> we, and there was nothing spectacular at all about this outreach. 
Uh, but my friend, and we, we all need friends like this, who uh, was asked to testify, who I walked hand in hand with for that hour and a half, and he begins to share what God did in our time. And he begins, and, and he was with me the whole time. The entire time, we did the same exact things. And he begins to testify of the power of God in every interaction that we had. And he goes, yeah, you know, there was this lady, and if it weren't for God, we would not have been there in time to help her across the street. And if it weren't for God, we would not have been in a position to defuse that mother and daughter arguing. And if it had not been for God, and I'm like, Where, what outreach were you at? What outreach? We were there together. This did not, I mean, those things occurred, but I don't remember God being involved in any of it at all. Same outreach, same ministry, two different experiences. You know, I think the difference between what I was experiencing that morning and what my friend was experiencing is what I would argue is a manifestation of the fear of the Lord. And as we have been traversing through the series, I think there are a few things that that I, I've been wrestling with for the last couple of weeks is what does it look like? What are its fruits? What can we carry away tangibly? And I remembered that story and it reminded me of the prophet Isaiah when he had a vision of the Lord and he says, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne. You know, Isaiah had a vision of the Lord and what my friends saw was what I saw was inconvenience, uh, maybe a little discomfort, maybe a little bit of lack of control. What my friend saw was the Lord high and exalted and seated on the throne. And it's the same hour and a half spent, but two different revelations. You know, I was judging things in that moment by my comfort, by my convenience, by my ability to control the situation by my ability to produce something that I thought was worthy, yet I was judging wrongly. And when, when there is no comfort, when there is no convenience, when there is no control in the situations we find ourselves in, what do we see? What do we choose to see? This is the great question that I think I've been thinking about, and it actually reminded me of a song um, that came out in 2016. I was actually listening to it last night. It's a song by King's Kaleidoscope. Has anybody heard of this group, King's Kaleidoscope? A couple of us, all right, you should check them out. They are a Christian alternative rock. I'm not a big like rock guy, but like this is as close as it gets for me, okay? And they came out with a song in 2016, and this song is called, is titled A Prayer. Now, it garnered some controversy, this song, because uh, it, it uses some explicit language here and there, which is a bit of a shock, right, in the Christian circles. But the reason I like it is that it was written as a personal, vulnerable prayer to the Lord by the lead singer of this group, King's Class Cope, Chad Gardner. And I'm just going to read, minus the expletives. Don't worry, D. <laughs> Daryl's like, oh gosh. <laughs> I'm going to read a couple of things that... Uh, he's sharing in this song. 
Uh, in the second verse, he says, will I fail or will I misstep? Will I call you with my last breath? Will you be there for me after? He continues in verse three, Jesus, where are you? Am I still beside you? I think these are two important questions. I think every believer, if you haven't asked, will ask. Jesus, where are you? Am I still beside you? Jesus, where are you? Am I still beside you? We started this series in the book of Ecclesiastes. Actually, if you could briefly help me out and pull up Ecclesiastes 12, starting in verse 13. This, um, this song is a picture of what happens when we're undone, when things begin to fail us, when we have nothing left to lean on, when we've lost everything that we've considered valuable, and the questions begin to arise in our soul, Jesus, where are you? When we've lost the convenience and the comfort of our lives, like one of my greatest burdens, even leading the youth ministry here, is how do I prepare young people, not for the miracles, not for the signs, not for the revival, not for the wonder, but for the disappointment? How do we prepare a generation to walk through disappointment well? to steward their souls with the fear of the Lord, that the circumstance is not as important as what they see, high and exalted, seated on the throne. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, there's a few things that we started off, and I'm gonna glean a little bit again today that I want us to take away and apply in our lives. In verse 13, it says, the end of the matter is this. When all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Okay, I want us to focus on verse 13. Fear God, is that verse 13? Yes, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, as a sign of maturity, when I have conversations with people who are at that place of being undone, at that place where they've lost convenience, they've lost things that they've, they've held true, they've lost things that they treasure, treasure, whether it's a relationship, a job, whether it's their health, whether it's a loved one. I mean, we've all been there at one point or another, have we not, where we've lost something. And the question is how do we steward that vision, that view that my friend in the outreach had to be able to see rightly in the midst of that circumstance? And what the wisdom of Ecclesiastes says is that, did you know that fearing God is not just something that happens to you? It's not just something that occurs to you at random. It's not just a gift, but he says in this book, it says it's a duty and it's a whole duty that it's actually something that we do. That fearing God is actually an action. That it's something that we embrace, that we carry out, that we carry. And it's not just that, but it's our whole duty. It's in every season. It's in the highs and the lows. It's in 
our greatest triumphs and our greatest losses, we have a duty to fear God. Are we making a practice of seeing God today? Are we making it a discipline to put God before us? Many of us, we wait. We wait for God to convince us. We wait for God to encounter us. We wait. We wait for God to do something to impress our hearts. And yet the wisdom of this book says that you actually foremost have a duty to cultivate a fear of God so that when you are in a season that you can't see the forest from the trees, you can't see past your own discomfort, you can't see past your loss, you have actually gained a muscle to go out in outreach and spend an hour and a half with no miracles, no signs, no wonders, and say, I've built up a muscle to see God in the midst of everything that I do, of every single thing that I do. This is what? It's not just given, it's a duty. This is our duty. This is the call to maturity. This is the call when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, is to take responsibility and some of us might be saying, well, that doesn't sound very New Testament or New Covenant or grace-like or whatever it might be. But it is. In John, and I'll, and I'll show you. You don't have to take my word for it. I'll show you in the scripture. <laughs> I'm not just going to say it is. I'm going to show you. I'm going to go to... John chapter 19, verse 31, and we'll go through 37. And before I read that, you know, it's, it's something about, you know, Ecclesiastes and keeping his commands. When you put the Lord before you when, you, when you make a practice of cultivating the fear of the Lord, you're putting the character of God before you constantly, right? And so this is why the Ecclesiastes says, keep his commandments, observe and keep his commandments, observe and keep his commandments. What has the Lord said about him and about you? And one of the things that even as uh, Corey Russell has a great ministry of prayer, he says this about the fear of the Lord. He says, the fear of the Lord are like the banks of a river. They're like the banks of the river that the love of God between which the love of God can flow. And so the fear of God it actually establishes an environment for us to love him. Why do, you think the, uh, why do you think that the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom? It's the beginning of knowledge. Because what it does is that it lays a foundation to pursue God. It lays a foundation so that in every season you have the framework, you're within the proximity of being able to see God clearly. When we don't make discipline, when we don't make a practice of fearing God, we're too far away, we've wandered too far, and when circumstances hit us, we aren't even close enough to begin to observe his character. And when we make a practice of, you know, putting the law on our hearts, embracing the law and letting it just and carrying it in our soul, then, then we are putting ourselves at a disadvantage for when life gets hard, to be honest. So in John chapter 19, and I'll be quick, 
through this. John chapter 19, verse 31. It reads, since it was the day of preparation. So here we are. Jesus at Golgotha. Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the darkest day in history. Jesus at the depths of his ministry. Jesus. Since it was the day of preparation and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross, Jesus included, on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Verse 32, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with Christ. But, I want us to pay attention to this, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Why is that significant? Why does that matter? Verse 34, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. Verse 36, for these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Jesus on the cross, where he gives up his spirit, where all seems and appears to be lost. Jesus walking perfectly and obediently in the days on this earth. And it appears that on the cross, God has abandoned him. It appears that God has left the scene. It appears that all that Jesus has done is wasted. It appears with our human eyes that the devastation is complete. It appears as the author of this song of King's Kaleidoscope might say, that there's a question that ought to be asked here. Where is God? And the scripture details to us very clearly where God is in the midst of this. In Psalm 22, hundreds of years before the crucifixion, David writes of his own suffering and simultaneously writing of his own suffering, he prophesies the very events of the cross. to extraordinary detail. So much so that at that time, crucifixion didn't even exist. Crucifixion did not exist at the time of David, and he prophesied a crucified Christ. And so when we see in Psalm 22, verse 16, I'm going to ask if you could pull that up, Keegan. And I'll close with this. Verse 16, David, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. 
I believe that, you know, as Jesus walked the earth, there were many occasions, whether it was baptism or, or, or miracles, you'll, you'll hear him say it often in accordance with the scriptures. Or I do the will of my father. And we see that even at the cross, everything happened in accordance with the scripture. Everything that was prophesied was actually, it actually occurred to, in stunning detail in a way that it's hard to imagine how particular God was even on that fateful day. Russell Moore wrote a book, A Storm-Tossed Family, and in that book, he actually talks about this very event in John 19, paralleling it with Psalm 22. He says this, he says, Jesus, Jesus's intact skeleton was a sign that no matter how much it seemed that he had been abandoned, the steadfast love of God would not depart. God was still there. God was still there. That there's not even a single thing in the depths of Christ's despair that God did not allow. There's not a single thing that can outrun the providence of God. There's not a single detail that God does not have acute attention towards. And in the midst of this suffering, what is going to allow us to endure like Christ endured. It's a familiarity with what God has said, what he has done, and what he is doing. And the more we make ourselves familiar, that even when we're not centered, my convenience isn't centered, my comfort isn't centered, my control isn't centered, Jesus gave up all of those things at the cross. He gave up all of those comforts at the cross. He gave up all of the things that we so often center our lives around, that we so often care so deeply about, and we center it, and then we invite God into our comfort. We somehow just invite God into our plans that we've already made. We somehow just invite God into the direction we're already going. And God... When he removes all of those things, then we have nothing. But Jesus, because of a fear of God, because of his readiness to see God in every situation, because of his willingness to follow through, even through death and despair, because he saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, because he had prepared his soul to do as the Father willed, he endured. And the question is, for us, are we prepared to endure? Do we take seriously enough positioning our hearts and making it a whole duty to fear the Lord? Making it a whole duty to come before the Lord and to behold his holiness, his love, his justice, his character, that even when it doesn't really make sense to me, that even when things don't necessarily add up, I can see the Lord. That I can see Jesus. And so some of us may be in a situation, I don't know what it is, whether you're a young mother and you got very little sleep these days, I don't know, or uh, you've lost your job, or 
uh, you're struggling with a family situation or a health circumstance, the question is, where is Jesus? It's a good question. It's one that even Jesus asked himself at the cross. It's not a bad one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a question of the soul. But the purpose of the question is to inquire of the one seated on the throne. My encouragement to you is wherever you're at, inquire of the one seated on the throne. Don't let your circumstance dictate your view. Don't let comfort dictate whether this is a good or a bad thing. If you're uncomfortable, it doesn't make it bad. If you're still wrestling, and I know like maybe it's the charismatic thing where it's like we, we kind of focus on, all right, the breakthrough and the miracles and the deliverance. And some of us are like, where is mine? <laughs> where is mine? Right? You're struggling with that anxiety and depression. I, I, I want to encourage you right now, right? That it's not because Jesus has departed from you. It's not because he's abandoned you. There is a muscle that God wants to work in you. There is a muscle that God wants to work in each and every one of us to be able to deal with our disappointments well. When God doesn't deliver us, when God doesn't deliver us from our cross, and that's a cross we'll all have to carry. Pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. When we face our cross and God does not deliver us, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I'll deliver you from it. No, I'll, I'll pull you from your trouble. No, take heart. I, I, I have overcome the world. Take another look at where Jesus is seated, what he's doing, and encourage yourself. Make it your whole duty to sit before the Lord in your private time. Make it your whole duty to sit before the Lord, to come before the Lord in places like this. If you're not coming to church regularly, make it your whole duty to come to church regularly. If you're not praying for your coworkers, make it your whole duty to pray for your coworkers. If you aren't reading your word and spending time in his presence, make it your whole duty don't leave it to those who do vocational ministry. Don't leave it to Daryl, the professional Christians, to make it their whole duty. It says it's the whole duty of man to fear God. And you do not get a pass to make it a half duty, to make it a sometimes duty. You don't get a pass. It says make it your whole duty. The only way you will endure with faith to get through the troubled times, to get through your depressive states, to get through the disappointments in your family, is I decided today that I won't leave it to Daryl or Amy or Will to make Christ my whole duty. I will make it my whole duty. I will. Make Jesus your only thing, as Bethany said today. Not Jesus and or Jesus plus. My whole duty is to make Jesus the one thing before me that will carry me through every season. Amen. Amen. Wow. Man, I, I just I love, 
um, being together and digging in and getting into the scriptures and being taught and fed the word. Um, Kaylin, thank you so much. Another great job. Um, you know, when we started this series, I kind of just, you know, pitched it to Kaylin. I was like, hey, man, what's on your heart? You know, and I honestly, this, the subject that he brought up, I was like, really, the fear of the Lord? Geez, that's going to go over well. But, uh, but no, 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 I, I, I'm just kidding, of course. I mean, um, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that um, he suggested this topic. I mean, I've learned so much just uh, on the two sermons that he's given. I, my eyes have been open in a real fresh and new way. I'm so grateful for it. Uh, in fashion to the way we usually uh, close out the service, you know, I just want to let that word remain. Just I want to take that. I'm going to re-listen to it when I get home probably three or four times. I'd encourage everybody to do it. I want to, I want to feed on that just a little longer. I want to process it, get it in my heart a little deeper. But in, in fashion, the way we always close out service, um, we are going to open the altar. And we have also... Um, our backpack stuffing um, portion, which we get to take all our hard-earned cash that we like threw at that fundraiser and, and all the stuff that we bought, and we get to um, put all these backpacks, these 200 backpacks together for these kids uh, so that we can give them away on Saturday. So I'd encourage you, man, just spend even five or 10 minutes by that, those tables, help us stuff those. Um, but but be, be, what's, what's ultimately very important to me is that nobody leaves here. Um, if you uh, need prayer, you know, Kaylin rattled off a bunch of things. Maybe your marriage is in a rough space. Maybe your health is in a rough space. But we don't want anyone leaving here without uh, being prayed for, if that's what is necessary. And so at the end, when we close this out, you'll see some people up here that just want to join and grab your hand and in faith pray for you, uh, whatever those needs might be. And then uh, for those who feel... I'm good, man. God's been good. Like, I, I got nothing, right? Um, we want to see you over at those tables and helping us stuff those bags. And then, of course, join us for kickball after. It's always a blast. It's actually, um, if you don't like Kalen, you get a chance to beat him on the field. Uh, so it's really cool. I don't know how you couldn't like Kalen, though. He's a, he's a man of God. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for this people. Lord, um, this is not an easy subject, Lord, but I thank you that um, we're willing, Lord, to not just take bits and pieces of you and be like, oh, this is who Christ is. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that our hearts are open, Lord, to even some things that we have a hard time receiving, Lord, uh, topics like the fear of the Lord. God, but Lord, we ask, Lord, that it would go much, it would go far beyond, Lord, uh, our receiving rather difficult and somewhat complex things, Lord, about you, Lord, that we would translate into an effective work inside of us, Lord, that we would, as Jesus did, delight in the fear of the Lord. I don't even know what that looks like, Lord, but I want that. I believe people here want that, Lord. We want to mature and grow in this. We want to fear the Lord and keep his commandments. So lead us into that, Jesus, as we can continue the conversation. God, do such a deep work in us, such a deep commitment to the commands of the Lord and the fear of the Lord in Jesus' name. Church.